0: Coming to you live from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. This is Pure Gold with your host, David and Joe.
1: Good evening, everyone. It is 6 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday, May second, 2012. Welcome once again to a show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino along with my tag team partner and co-host, David Gomez. Sir, how are you today, this evening?
2: I'm doing fabulous, sir. Excited, ready. Willing and able to get this show on the road.
1: Our producer is Alex. Alex, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. It's a lovely uh, sunny day. Is it really? It's pretty no. cloudy
2: and muggy outside.
1: I, I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Never lie to the audience, Alex. Sir, before we get the show on the road, let's give out the contact information. Folks, as always, the contact information. If you'd like to be a part of the greatest show
2: on Earth, you can check us out, com. Give us a call, 714 364 4721 once again 7143644721 when you go to our website you will see our twitter our facebook our youtube and all that other goodness you can hear all of our wonderful interviews just like the one we're about to
1: have today Joe Thanks Dave now on the program tonight we will have Miss DC Woo. US International 2012 Caitlin Wozniak joining us on PG for a second time
2: Second time
1: second time And we will also be talking about the Mets, the Yankees. We'll talk about what they've been doing the last week because we haven't been on the show. We haven't been on the air for about a week, so we'll be breaking them down. We'll be talking about some NBA playoffs, briefly touch upon some NHL playoffs. And finally, we will talk about some nuggets that we have, as well as some WWE Extreme Rules was this past Sunday. Monday night was Raw. We will also talk about Over the Limit a little bit. But, sir, shall we start?
2: Uh, I thought we already had started.
1: All right, let's start. (laughs) Let's talk about our beloved New York Mets, sir. Wait a minute. We're actually going to talk about the Mets in this show? I mean,
2: weren't you the one telling me that we need to just announce it and never talk about it and go for weeks and weeks and months
1: on end? Yeah, and I think um, that would work, but I I have some things to talk about, actually. (laughs) Since last week, we have lost one of our starting pitchers, Mike Pelfrey and I know that Big he's, Pelf. He's been a big disappointment the last couple of years, but he did start out pretty decent. Unfortunately, he needs an operation now and his season's over. So that's the big, probably the big well, news.
2: His season's over, but I'm actually hoping that his Met career is over. I never want to see Mike Pelfrey in a Met uniform again. The guy's a bust. I mean, the Mets did pick him the first pick, well, their first pick in the uh, in the draft uh, several years ago, and I mean, he had that one good half a season, and other than that, he's been inconsistent. He's been a big old deuce. And I don't ever want to see this guy again. Get rid of him. Trade him. Well, you can't trade him while he's injured. Cut him. Do whatever you have to do. When he gets healthy, I want him gone.
1: I was hoping for a decent year myself so we can, in fact, trade him because right now he's completely worthless. So, um...
2: <laughs> Well, he's been pretty worthless for a long time, sir. Let's, let's be honest about
1: that. Right. So the Mets last week completes a three-game sweep of the Florida Marlins, the Miami Marlins. Whatever. Whatever. And then they headed out onto a road trip, sir, and they, they headed out to Colorado where usually your bats get healthy, your pitching mm-hmm. staff usually you know takes a big hit on the ERA side. And, sir, the Mets started out on Friday night with a 18-9 to 9 debacle, six errors. You thought that this is a, a, an awful start to a road trip, and um, you had no idea, I had no idea anyway, that they'd come back on Saturday and win the game. And then Sunday, I'm going to call this a character win for the Mets because two years ago, even last year, the Mets, being up 4 nothing, sir, uh, lost the lead with Santana pitching, you know, pinch hit. Nothing new. Pinch hit grand slam by Todd Helton, 4-4, and the Mets proceed to come back twice in extra innings, and I think that's a character win, except now all that gets flushed down the toilet because... <laughs> They headed to Houston and proceeded to get swept by the Houston Astros. Well,
2: you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the only character the Mets have shown is the character of a clown. I mean, you know, we can't – I can't go nuts on them. They're a game over 500, you know, or actually I think they're at 500 now. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, they're just not that talented of a ball team. I don't care what anybody ever – I mean, ever – says – uh, the Mets are not that good. Let's be honest, folks. Let's enjoy the ride. But uh, getting swept three games in a row by the stinking garbage Astros. Sir, do you realize the Astros had lost six straight series in a row, and then they come, uh, the, the the Mets go over there and they get swept. One of the worst teams. In, uh, you, you make us all sick.
1: That is very bad. Now, you know, I, I guess as a Mets fan, you you need to be realistic and you have to make
0: us all sick. <laughs> you
1: have to take uh, these series one by one, and yeah, they had a great Colorado series, and then they. They just really didn't pitch at all in this Houston series, and they you know they head home um what they had two wins two and two and five, two and four so far uh, you mean the series or, or on the road trip to the road two trip. And four? yeah, so I mean not good, n- not good at all.
2: Uh, you know, what do you expect from the Mets, though? Again, I go back to the same thing. They have some glimpses here and there. I know Jose Reyes has gotten off to a bad start with the Marlins, and, uh, you know, the, the Mets fans are saying that Tejada's making us forget Reyes. I mean, you should be you should be punched in the face repeatedly <laughs> if you're that stupid to think, and i probably speaking to half the people listening, and, and I know some of the Mets fans who follow me on Twitter, and you got to be a moron to think that Tejada's going to be even close to the type of player that Reyes was. Reyes is an impact player. The Mets don't have that right now. David Wright is having a great start, so, you know, you would be happy about that. Ike is still in the in the dumpster. Uh, dude is doing decent. You look at the numbers. Um, but let's be honest. Santana never wins. He's got five starts, I believe. Zero wins. Um, you know, Nice got bombed last night. Your boy Chris Schwinden got destroyed today you know the the injury to Pelfrey unfortunately it shows you the Mets have no depth at all no depth whatsoever when it comes to pitching
1: I mean none they're on pace for you know an 80 and 82 record
2: though no they're not because they're on pace for an 81 and 81 record and
1: that would shatter your prediction
2: that would shatter my prediction but you know the season is is still young um I mean if the Mets can play the type of ball they've been playing it shows you that they're inconsistent 500 is consistently inconsistent Mets need to win. They need to get some help. Uh, bring up Michael Fulmer, the guy we interviewed a couple months back. Bring up Matt Harvey. Bring up, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler. Bring up, uh, you know, any pitcher you can think of. Bring him up. Chris Schwinden is not going to get the job done. You know, Dylan g has been all right. Uh, Dickey's been pretty good. But the Mets just don't have it in the tank, sir.
1: Do you think uh, there's any bright spot so far? Do you like the center fielder?
2: Uh, No, he sucks. The The bright spot to me would be David Wright, who's again, having a great start. Um And Kirk Neuenheis has been doing pretty decently He, he is a center fielder <laughs> Well, not anymore with, uh, with Torres Actually, you know what, you're right Because uh, Jason Bay, what do you say Is out on the disabled list right now But uh, you're right, so I, I would have to say But actually, you know what, he was playing left field last night Neuenheis, so he's no longer the center fielder But I'd say he's a bright spot Considering he's hitting about 325 He led all uh, rookies in the majors with his batting average For the month of April, which is a good thing uh, I like what I see I need a haircut, but aside from that you know, he's uh he's getting the job done. The the Mets have talent. A couple uh I think a week ago, they had an all home grown lineup which I know fans go nuts over that kind
1: of stuff, so that's pretty uh interesting. Are you concerned about your boy Ike Davis?
2: No. It's April. Uh look at now it's May. Well, now it's May. Look okay. at the share. Oh, it's The Rock's birthday by the way, so happy birthday to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, right. Um the the truth is that when you look at Ike, it's the beginning of the year. Look at Deshera. He stinks in April. I mean, a lot of guys, CC's hasn't been having a great year. It's one month. It is what it is, sir.
1: You're stealing my next topic. Oh, sorry. I mean, sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, we spent enough time on the Mets. Uh, they are what they are. They're a 500 team right now. Hopefully they stay that way because if they're going to be a 100-loss season, I mean, it's going to be one of those like long seasons again. So hopefully it's a 500 club because – um, I do enjoy some of their games. I've, I've, I'll admit, I've watched some of their games against Colorado. Not the game Friday night, but the game Sunday really caught my attention, especially when Santana was pitching. Four nothing game, blew it. I mean, he didn't blow it, but the the bullpen blew it, made it four four, and they came back twice to win. I thought that was a great win. But again, they get swept by the Astros, and that is that. I mean, would you say is any bright spots to this team? Um, you know, I, I hope that Santana has a really good first half of the year so they can yeah, potentially but trade him. W-
2: what's really good, really good is uh, going, you know, three and three because the Mets never get any wins for him. I mean, is that really good? The guy's 0-1 through through the, the first month of the season. I mean, he's got a decent ARA. He's been pitching well, but the Mets never score any runs for him. It's the same thing like when uh, I think he was 16-7 and seven one year with the Mets' His first year. He could have gone like 21-5 and, and five or 22-4, but the Mets never score. It doesn't matter who's on the team. I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know, As uh, we have some interesting things going on here uh, behind the scenes, folks, of the uh, Pure Gold staff. But uh, what do you think, sir? I mean, he's going to have to go. W- you give me what's a good record. What are some good stats for Johan for the Mets to get rid of him?
1: I think that as long as his ERA is down, his strikeouts are up. I don't think wins and losses really matters, to be honest with you. Know, I think it's about, you know, his ERA and his uh, walks per hits per inning pitched.
2: Walks per hits per innings per pits
1: per minesweeper.
2: So anyway, um, sir, it looks like we have our uh, wonderful guest for the evening on hold here. So uh, I think we should uh, get right to that. We could always slop on the Mets a little bit more and, you know, fire our producer later on. But uh, folks, it is our privilege, our honor. We are proud. We're excited. We are, folks. This is a, a special member of the Pure Gold team. We are greatly honored. As as much as. We can I say about any other guest, to have Miss D.C. U.S. International 2012, a.k.a. formerly the the beauty pageant winner known as Marilyn Miss 2011, Caitlin Wozniak. Caitlin, that's a long introduction. How are you doing this evening?
0: I'm great. How are you? It's so great to be back on the show.
2: I'm yeah, doing good. Thank you so much for joining us, Caitlin. A lot has transpired uh, in your life, yes. last time we spoke, now I know that I have to touch on this briefly. Uh, folks, Caitlin was uh, writing an article on uh, on our website. She wrote a couple of them, and uh, some good stuff there. We we even have it on our, our main website that you can check it out. But Caitlin, tell the audience, what, what exactly has been going on? I mean, I, I said at the intro, you were Maryland Miss 2011, no longer. Yes. Um, Tell us about Miss DCUS International.
0: Okay, so um – um. I gave up my title of Maryland Miss back in in March, Um, and about two weeks later I went on and took the Miss DC title. Um, So it's been quite a whirlwind. I haven't had much downtime. Um, But Miss DC, the international system um, basically is very similar to Miss USA in the sense that they want a woman who – is presentable is able to be a public figure but they want their woman to be an ambassador and they want her to be very well rounded and um you know be able to go over to China and really give those women a run for their money and be able to represent the United States in many facets um you know their big thing is being an ambassador and that's you know that's kind of what drew me to the um international system. I was going to take a little time off, but um I heard all about this incredible system and had to give it a shot.
2: <laughs> so, the international part of it is not just a a moniker. You actually are, would compete um, you know, on the global stage.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, I compete in nationals this June. Um June 13th through the 15th, I'll be down in Orlando, Florida, um competing against um a bunch of other incredible women (laughs) for the title of Miss United States International and then if I were to win that I would go over to China um to compete I, I believe it's Chengdu China um to compete for the title of Miss International
1: that's great and now I also hear that you've been doing some work with Whole Foods Market
0: I did a little bit of work with them yes um As Maryland Miss, I tried to get, you know, or even just with any pageant title in general, you know, the great thing about being a title holder is having the the voice and the platform to be able to go and speak and spread awareness and educate your community about really important things and things that are near your heart. So I tried to take advantage of that as much as possible, especially with the Maryland Miss title. Um, And, You know, with being with D.C. now, I'm in such an active community. D.C. is an incredible city, and everybody's so open and willing to hear what you have to say. Um, So I had made a contact at Whole Foods here in D.C., and I was invited to – they actually did, like, this whole 30-day challenge of, you know, kind of opening your mind to different aspects of health. And they would have speakers come in once and, like – I believe, once a week or maybe a few speakers um, a week would come in and give a little presentation on, you know, what aspect of health was, you know, they kind of held dear to their heart. Um, And it was really wonderful because not too many people really open up, you know, you hear health and wellness and you think eating right and exercise and nobody really takes into consideration having healthy body image and having self-esteem and knowing how to pinpoint warning signs of eating disorders because, you know, those are really detrimental to health and well-being. Um, So it was really great to be able to go over there and give my little spiel. And, you know, those people were so interested in hearing what I had to say. And I think that's what I love the most because there aren't too many people educated on the topic. And being able to open their minds to, you know, my world and the things that I really care about was, was great.
2: Well, you know it's great that you have the platform to be able to to uh, share those types of things because, you know, if it was just a regular person, if it was just you know Joe Schmo, uh, or you know Jane Schmo, they may not be able to to reach the audience that you might. But the fact that you are you know a a pageant title holder, um, you know the reason that I, I we brought that up, Joe brought that up, is because Joe actually works for Whole Foods, um, so we we actually did a, a live remote. Back in February, from the the Whole Foods store that he was working on at, at the time, so to me that was such an exciting thing for us. It was a great day for the show. So I can only imagine what it would be like in, in your capacity, actually doing the public speaking for you know such a at such a great place. Now you mentioned uh, the the folks. Did you get a uh, good feedback? Did people ask you questions? Uh, tell us a bit about that.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, they had so many questions, and that it was I was surprised because you know when you go into these you know, public speaking less people kind of just sit there with their heads down and smile and nod, <laughs> sometimes play on their phones, you know. Um, but they really were, they were really interactive and wanted to lo- to learn more. And it was, you know, sad in a sense because a lot of them were, like, noticing that they knew people with different symptoms and different behaviors and not that their issues may have been full-blown, you know. But it's still, like, you see these small warning signs and, you're not educated to know what to look for and to know, um, you know, different behaviors to be aware of. You could really miss out on a preventative opportunity. So it was kind of eye-opening for them and really even for me because I am so used to working with so many people, um, you know, on in my work with advocacy and lobbying and things like that. I work with people who know all about this stuff. So to be able to go into this event and have people actually like, oh, you know, their eyes opened up and they're like, oh, my gosh, let me ask you this question. And I, oh, what about this? It was cool to be able to, you know, educate them and have them be so passionately interested and genuinely care about what I have to say.
1: Does it frustrate you to go through all the politics of it just to get uh, your point across?
0: Um... A little bit. I mean, but then it, it comes with the territory. You really have to. Um, it's a sensitive subject, right? And a lot of people suffer in silence for many years, and you really have to be careful because there are a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, and the most important thing is to maintain sensitivity. And I think it works in my favor too because I've been there. I suffered, and I, you know, I've gone through these experiences so i speak from personal experience i'm not coming and attacking people or you know trying to be a outsider who's like oh yeah these things these things happen i don't really understand them <laughs> but you know
2: um
0: right. so that kind of goes in my favor in a sense yeah
2: uh, let me ask you caitlin what i know you've only been uh, how long have you been miss dc u.s just, just a brief time right A month or two <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a short amount of, about a month. Now, a month can you tell
2: me, are there any differences between this and uh, being Maryland Miss so far?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I was Maryland Miss, the Princess America pageant system is kind of up and coming in a sense. Um they're still growing and I um wasn't too familiar with that system and there's also not like an international competition. Um it's a much smaller scale pageant. Um, Miss International is huge Um, They Have girls From so many different Countries once you go to the international level I mean there's so many Opportunities and you see so Many incredible things you meet women from You know Indonesia And Japan and You don't really get that opportunity with So many different pageant systems I mean Miss America doesn't Have an international pageant system Or pageant so, you know, this this could potentially open up a really huge opportunity to me for me. Um and even just going to Orlando this summer to compete for nationals, that's gonna be an incredible experience because every time you go to a national level pageant, you meet women from all over the country and I've kept in touch with girls from every pageant that I've competed in and I've have connections all over the United States. Um so, in a sense, they're similar, but there are very stark differences between the
1: two. Now, I just want to say, when I found out that you stopped writing for articles for our website, I was kind of
0: devastated. But
1: now, <laughs> oh. to you, for like,
2: you were devastated? Seriously? I was
1: devastated. But talking to you for oh, the last
2: five, no.
1: 10 minutes, I see how busy you are. So, maybe when,
0: so you know, busy, yes.
1: <laughs> when your schedule gets a little bit less hectic, maybe you could come Let's back see. and write for us again.
0: I would love to. You know, it broke my heart, too. I honestly, I've been working so much, and I'm getting my spinning certification this Saturday, so that's taking up a lot of time in school and everything. You know, it's just, this has been an incredible year for me, Um, and I count my blessings every day because I've had the opportunity to do some really wonderful things. and. Um, but I've also really worn myself out um, and spread myself a little thin. But I'm hoping to get it all on track after yeah, I mean, this is my last week of school.
2: Of course, uh, you know you're a busy girl, and uh, and we we definitely appreciate you giving us a few more minutes of your time. Now, uh, one last thing, Caitlin, if there's one thing you could say to the girls out there, just in general, if you had one way to summarize what your message is, can you can you briefly tell us what that is?
0: Oh, gosh, I mean, there's nothing I can say that could really encompass everything that I want to say. Um, But really just focus on yourself. Take care of yourself. Love your body. Push it to do incredible things. It's an incredible machine. Like, work out, don't overdo it. Eat right. You know, nourish your body. Take care of it. It's what's going to carry you through life and get you from point A to point B. It's the only thing you really have to rely on. You know, embrace everything about yourself, love yourself for who you are, surround yourself with positive people who are only going to lift you higher. I mean, I could go on and on. (laughs) I really could. I think there's no amount of positive messages that's too much. You know, our young girls and our women need more positive role models and more positive messages in their lives today. And, um... You know, I just do my best to spread those in any possible way that I can.
2: Well, we're definitely happy that you can spread them here on Pure Gold, and we absolutely appreciate it, Caitlin. Again, uh, hopefully, we'll have you on, uh, you know, at some point in the future. And like Joe said, I mean, devastated. Uh, he was so hurt by the uh, you not being able to do the article. We hope that your schedule, will clear up, and you'll be able to do it because we appreciate yes, yes, the yes. contributions you can make. Thank you so much again for joining. Us. <laughs> you have a wonderful, wonderful you evening. Too.
0: Thank you guys so much. Have a great night.
2: You too. Thanks for coming on.
0: Folks. Bye-bye. The one
2: and only Caitlin Wozniak, currently Miss DC U.S. International 2012 and formerly Marilyn Miss 2011.
1: Two-time, two-time visitor of pure gold. Folks, Ooh. we'll be right back after a brief timeout.
0: Hi, guys. I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up, and listen in. I mean, not on the table, because that's just gross.
1: (laughs) Good stuff. Love it. Gotta
2: love Laura Jean. She was actually actually here in Jersey uh, this past week after our show, so unfortunately we weren't able to have her live in studio But uh, she was at a Yankee game, so um, we're not big fans of her right now anyway.
1: That's a good segue. I I wanted to touch upon the Yankees before we uh, get off the baseball scene. But first, sir, uh, I must apologize to the Pure Gold audience. I had some breaking news before we actually talked about Mets. Uh, The unfortunate death of uh, Junior Seau found dead this morning in his California home, and uh, police are investigating him. They're looking at it, sir, and it looks like it's a a suicide.
2: Yeah, you know, it— Words can't describe how sad it is to when you hear this kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, I didn't know Junior Seau as a person. I remember him, you know, prominently with the Chargers, and you know, to a lesser extent with the, the Patriots. Recently, he was in the 0-7 uh, team that went to the Super Bowl that was stomped by the New York Giants, my team. But it's a shame to hear. You know, he had an accident a couple of years ago where he you know, went off a cliff or something. Uh, you know, and they said he he commented he wasn't trying to kill himself and he fell asleep at the wheel but you got to wonder with today the gunshot wound to the chest and everything else um i don't know it's just to, to, i've always thought this and i don't want to get into the whole suicide thing but i just think it's so sad and selfish for that because look at his kids now they're gonna have to suffer with this three of them for the rest of their lives and he's gone It just you know as a as a new father i have to i can't imagine ever being out of my daughter's life and by choice, it just it's sad and it, it's sorry, and I I just feel for his kids.
1: Yeah, and his mom was actually devastated, really devastated. I saw her on TV um, about Imagine. an hour ago, so she was devastated. And uh, like like you said, DG, I don't really know Junior Seau the the person. I mean, you hear stories, you you hear the news, but I know that he was a great football player. Yeah. Um, you know that patented, um, throwing his arm out after he got a sack or a huge tackle. That that was Junior Seau. He was just you know obviously he spent most of his career. On the San Diego Chargers, spent a couple of years on the uh, Dolphins, and then came back after retirement. Um, a brief stint with the Patriots, and like DG said, lost to the uh, New York Giants. So, uh, shocking news to hear the death of Junior Seau. Thoughts and prayers go out to him and his um, his family and his you know and his friends. But sir, before we get off the baseball topic, I just want to ask you. I mean, you know, we're not Yankee fans, but you know, we do have a lot of Heck people that no. listen. And, again, our number, again, is 714-364-4721 if you'd like to talk about anything and everything, like our motto says. But, sir, you look at the Yankees, and, you know, they might be a couple games out of first place, but um, their starting pitching has not been good at all except for CeCe in my book. Well, uh,
2: Ivan Nova, I mean, he's been their best starter, really, and, he, you know, he's going tonight for I think it's a record for the most consecutive wins is a Yankee, 16, he's going for. Us, so right. I would say that Ivan has really been the only good starter. So I, I don't know about CC. He's CeCe- had-
1: yeah, he's been all right. I mean, but CC, CC, you can you know what you can get from him? CC, CC, CC Pizza. Right, and Al, you know Al Hughes. I mean Phil Hughes and Garcia has already been Garcia has been demoted to the bullpen eraser, and uh, Al Hughes. I mean Phil Hughes. He should be called Al Hughes. Has just not really been. Lived, he hasn't really lived up to his expectation this year. I think maybe the operation really. Um, change his career. I don't know, but he just hasn't pitched good. Um, you have Pineda, the guy that they, they got from Seattle. He's out for the year with an operation, right? I mean, yeah, that's a big blow. He's
2: done for the season.
1: That's a big blow for them. And then, sir, I mean, you you touched on it before, but Teixeira, Cano, and Arod are all blowing are all batting below three hundred. Is that a concern uh, as a trend?
2: No, I mean, to me, it's too early to be concerned. It's it's.
1: You know the beginning
2: of May, The Rock's birthday. Happy birthday once again to The Rock. Woo, uh, woo! But uh, it's too early to be concerned. You know the Yankees. It's like the Yankees are ten games under five hundred and uh, you know CeCe's own five with a fifteen ERA. You know Teixeira always stinks in the first month. Cano, oh Robbie Cano, don't you know? I think that they'll be fine. I'm sure the Yankees fan. I mean the Yankees fans are probably jumping off bridges right now. But I think that um, I probably could have you know chosen a better. A better phrase than that, so I apologize uh, considering the, the junior sound news. But, I mean, the Yankees fans are going nuts. They're up a wall. It, calm down. Seriously, you know, calm down. It could be worse. You could be Mets fans.
1: This past week, though, they did go into Texas and lost two out of three. I mean, that's Well, what... Texas is a good team, sir. Right, but that's one of the teams, them, Tampa Bay. They got swept by Tampa Bay, um, and they lost two out of three to Texas. Those are the type of teams that you're going to be meeting in the playoffs. I'm just bringing that up. Yes, you're going to be meeting them in the playoffs in about five months.
2: <laughs> so, uh, I, think that, I think the Yankees will be – I mean, I hope – I hope the Yankees lose 100 games, but that's probably not going to happen. So l- l- let's just calm down, sir.
1: The um, the other two nuggets I have about baseball before we get off the baseball is that Albert Pujols went the whole month of Alberto April. Alberto Pujols went the whole month of April without hitting a home run. He's is a that bum. Con- he's is a that cut him? Is there any reason for it to be concerned on that?
2: I mean, there's never been any allegations thrown his way, at least not yet, about drugs and stuff. But you know, he's <laughs> He's in Anaheim. He's in the American League. Things are different. He's off to a rough start. This is the second longest drought of his career. It's kind of shocking to think about a guy like Pool who's going an entire month. I was gonna say year, a whole <laughs> month without a you know almost I think a hundred at bats at this point without a home run. Yeah. I mean if if it's if it's June and, and he's still doing this, then I'd be concerned. I remember when uh big sloppy, I mean big poppy David Ortiz a couple years back was doing the same thing and. But he went, like, two months, three months without hitting a home run, and he ended up with, like, 20. So I think that Pujols will be fine. He's he's uh, consistent, but he can be a bit streaky at times. Um, again, I wouldn't be concerned. I know they were talking a bit about him on Twitter, the, the Twitterverse, because he was basically throwing his uh, hitting coach, uh, I think his name is Mickey Hatcher or something. I forget the dude's name. Something Thatcher Hatcher. threw him under the bus, and people were kind of ripping him for that. So, um, you know, n- not not too thrilled about that, but – I think Albert will be fine, sir.
1: I think the first month of baseball has been pretty much ho-hum. The only other thing I must say is that Texas, for a team that went to the World Series twice and lost devastatingly last year, they're out in front of that division, and they have a commanding lead already. The Angels are already about nine and a half games out of first place. Did they clinch yet? Um, their magic number is something, but no, but they didn't click about a hundred. Right. But I'm just saying that the angels are already nine and a half games out of first place. And that's a lot.
2: I would be concerned if I was an angels fan and this was August and you're talking about going into September nine and a half games now, but it's April. I mean, there's going to be swoons. There's going to be the dog days of summer thing about baseball. The season is so long. It's so, I mean, it can be, it can drive you nuts sometimes. But, I, I, you know, the the Angels, I'm sure, in the long run will be fine. I know Socia's probably throwing benches and kicking, you know, hitting people with DDTs and stunners and stuff. But, uh, again, if Albert's at the beginning of June and Apujols has not hit a home run in two months, then, you know, you start to worry. But uh, Texas is a good team. I mean, I, I don't see how they ever recovered from last year, that devastating, horrific loss. But, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. I'd love to see Hamilton go out with a home run. I mean, imagine that going to the World Series three years in a row and finally, you know, finally getting the job done.
1: Sir, enough of baseball. This is the month of May, and May is usually a great time. Go ahead, you were going to say something? <laughs> no. May's a great month for not only NBA playoffs, but the NHL playoffs. <sighs> uh, I'm waiting for the crickets, boy, as I uh, <laughs> get ready for this. Uh, sir, uh, last week we had two. Give <laughs> a cow. Um, you know, in, in the basketball playoffs, you have the Miami Heat against your beloved New York Knicks. Go to hell! <laughs> Yeah, LeBron James. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, uh, let's talk about the Knicks for a second. Let's talk about the slop box New York Knicks. I mean, the, the Knicks, were they were riding high, high as a kite with Linsanity. Linsanity went out of business. They closed up the shop. You know, then you have the Knicks actually making it to the playoffs. They haven't won a playoff game in 11 years, and they're probably not going to win one in this round. I got to tell you, sir, it's disappointing. You're talking 11 years. You know, the New, the New Jersey now, excuse me, now the Brooklyn Nets, they won 43 playoff games in the time since the Knicks last won a playoff. That, that's a joke. I mean, the Knicks are just not playing good ball right now. Carmelo is playing well, so that, that's a nice sign. Amari's too busy punching uh, fire extinguishers instead of, you know, punching out LeBron James. Uh,
1: yeah, let me ask you chime about in that. On that. Let me ask you about Amari. Now, do you feel like it was selfish, or do you like fiery people with emotions? I don't like
2: fiery people who punch fire extinguishers. I think it's idiotic to do that. If you're going to punch something... Don't even punch anything. Wait till <laughs> you're home. Wait till the season's over. Punch it.
1: Punch your wife, right? Yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no. I absolutely am not saying that. Punch you, maybe, but not, maybe. not no, nothing. You know, no violence of any sort. But what I'm saying is that I, I don't even understand. I, I don't get what guys who do this. It's like, it reminds me of Kevin Brown. Like, why are you punching? Why are you punching? Fire extinguishers. Like, what is wrong with you? The, they need Amari to play. They need him to be healthy. He's having back issues. So what does he do? He goes out and, and lacerates his hand. The one, He's an idiot.
1: Right. But the one thing I want to ask you this, is too, is the Knicks, at their, when they're completely healthy, they're not as good as a team as the Miami Heat. I mean, what well, were you expecting? What were you expecting? I was series?
2: expecting the Knicks to sneak it. Honestly, I think that. The Knicks could beat the Heat because LeBron has a tendency—I mean, you know—of disappearing in the fourth quarter. I know he's played well this series, but the fact is the Knicks could have won a game. They could have won two games. They could have—they could have taken it to the brink. Give me a—give me a win. Give me two wins. Give me something. Give me something to hang my hat on for next year. if right, the Knicks are making progress, but if the Knicks get swept, and then you have Stoudemire, their big money acquisition, you know, going out with a cut hand because he can't
1: control himself—I mean, to me, that's unforgivable. Should the Knicks risk? Bringing Lynn back early and try to win a game or two in the series no no, I don't think they should
2: uh I think that what they should do is that they should just fold up the tents, they should just forfeit the last two games, and they should go you know where i I mean I guess they could bring Lynn back, but then if they bring him back and he gets hurt and he's not fully recovered, and then he's out for another year, I mean what's the point? I just it's not like they're they're it's not like they're going to win it all. It's not like this is the finals I mean to me it's just It's not that important.
1: If the Knicks do not win Game Three, they're not going to win Game Four. They're going to get swept, and that losing streak will continue. And you know that's that's just the Knicks. I mean, let's talk about the Boston Celtics for a second. Quick, let's
2: not and say we did.
1: Boston Celtics started their series against Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta Sunday night, and pretty much late, they got you know not blown out, but they lost. They weren't playing good Celtic basketball. Rajon Rondo, the star of the Celtics, get, bumps the referee, gets a one-game suspension, and you figure that the, the Celtics are going to go down 2-0, but lo and behold, Paul Pierce, the captain, my favorite Celtics.
2: Paul Pierce was T-bowing. Well, that's yeah, why they won. Yeah,
1: that's why they won, the power of God, power of Jesus. Um, they came and pulled out a great victory last night without Rondo, and I think they take commanding, you know, a command in the series, one game to one, heading back to Boston, so that's the only thing to talk about. I mean, the playoffs have just started. The biggest news of the NBA playoffs has been the loss of Mr. Derrick Rose of the Chicago Bulls. And I don't think the Bulls, I don't think the, the 76ers have enough to knock off the Bulls, but this makes the Miami Heats path or potentially the Boston Celtics path to the finals much easier.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Mike was talking about this yesterday and, uh, Derek Rose gets injured a lot. Is that does that concern you if you're the Bulls, if your star player, your big guy, your main your main man gets hurt all the time? I mean, what do you think?
1: It definitely concerns me. Um he's the type of player that goes all out on every play. He's a slasher, he drives to the hole, he dishes a lot, uh plays great defense. So, I think that he's needs to take, needs to take a step back. I think the Bulls need to have somebody else that complements him and uh, yeah, him getting injured all the time is just a, a big a big red flag on the Bulls team, but again, I'm not a Bulls fan, so this is huge. Obviously, this is a huge development in the NBA playoffs, especially huge. especially the Eastern Conference. I mean, the the Miami Heat, other than the Celtics, I don't see any other team coming out of the East now. Um, I thought that the Bulls might give the the Heat a good run if the Celtics were eliminated, but I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like the Celtics, I like turtles. I feel like the Celtics this year have found the fount of youth, and I think that. <laughs> I think that, you know, they have a good shot at being the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I think they have a good shot at, sir? Bang, bang, bang. We'll get you know we'll get back on more NBA playoffs. It's That's only, what I
2: think about
1: that. It's only round one, and just to touch upon before we take our next break and get into the sports entertainment segment, just want to touch upon oh boy. just touch upon the two local hockey teams, the New York Devils and the New York Rangers. Both faced a game seven in their first round. Both faced elimination. The Devils were on the road. The Rangers were at home, and they both were able to pull it out. Now the Rangers are playing the Washington Capitals in the semifinals, and the Devils are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. All four teams are so close in proximity. It's it's amazing that these four teams are in the semifinals. And, you know, if the Devils are able to pull out the the series win against the Flyers and the Rangers, which I really don't want them to win. If they do, you basically have a Rangers versus Devils for the right to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and the right to win the Stanley Cup. (laughs) As opposed to the right to win the uh, WWE title. Right.
2: Now, do you think that's what we're looking at? Do you think it's going to be Rangers-Devils?
1: I thought that the Devils were in trouble after they lost Game 1 on Sunday in overtime to Philadelphia. They played a much better game last night without Kovalchuk, their best player. He's hurt, and I just think that he needs to sit the bench the rest of the series. I think the Rangers are in trouble, a little bit more in trouble, because I think that the Capitals have um, a really good offensive team, and they really know how to score. Um, But, again, the series are both 1-1. I think the Devils are feeling good going back to New Jersey 1-1. I don't know about the Rangers feeling confident that – They're going into Washington, uh, tied 1-1. So we'll see where that happens. Um, NHL playoffs are, you know, I predicted at the beginning of the NHL playoffs that the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Vancouver Canucks would meet in the finals. Both teams got eliminated in the first round. So what do I know?
2: Nothing, (laughs) Nothing. as you've proven for the last about 16, 17
1: months. Right. So we will definitely be talking about the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs as the month of May progresses and the month of June progresses. So... Without further ado, sir, let's take a time out, and we'll come back and talk about our favorite topic in the world, well, the WWE.
2: Well, sir, before we take the time out, uh, do you realize that next week, next week's show will make eighteen months on the air officially for Pure Gold? Did not. Unbelievable, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Hi, this is Morgan Willard,
0: Miss Oklahoma, USA, 2010. Make sure to check out Pure Gold every week at puregoldpg.com. dot com. Dave and Joe always bring the best and entertaining talk radio and great guests like me. <laughs> hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Long Shot Productions, and you are listening to Pure Gold.
1: Thank you for those nice and uh, prepaid, no, free plugs, I must say. I mean, we don't pay our people to make these plugs, sir. We just pay them with kindness, and uh, we bribe them by coming on our show right. multiple times. <laughs> Let's talk about some sports entertainment. Let's talk about some WWE. This past Sunday was Extreme Rules. I got um my slogan after reading the reviews about, you know, Extreme Rules was that good matches or great matches just bad results, sir. I mean, let's start from the top. You had the main event and, uh, and sir, you know, you were wrong again. The main event was not CM Punk against Chris Jericho in a street fight, Chicago street fight. It was Brock Lesnar versus John Cena in a you know extreme rules match sir they brought Brock Lesnar back and you figured that this was going to be one of those matches that yeah it's not stupid it's more like what the hell are they thinking and basically you know they have a great match from from all from all the things i've read and somehow some way vince thinks it's a great idea to have brock lesnar lose his first you match make sick. that's what
2: i think that's what I think about Vince McMahon. That's what I think about this whole scenario. You make us all sick. As a matter of fact, if I can go back to a previous soundbite, this is exactly what Brock Lesnar did. Bang, the- bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Wanna- Lamps, thank you for that. Um, You know, Dave and Doug were talking about it today on Busted Open. Um, sir, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Uh, to me, they've neutered Brock Lesnar. They've ruined him. I mean, they've castrated him. Whatever you can think of, the fact that John Cena not only won the match after hitting only a couple of offensive moves brings back Super Cena, but at least there was some hope. At least at the end of the night you thought uh, they can salvage this because Cena is hurt and he's going to be out for a while. He cuts this, this idiotic promo in light of Monday, this idiotic promo about you know getting time off and the boss this, the boss that. Comes back, one arm in a swing, not a broken arm from the Kimura Clutch, nothing, just, oh, I'm hurt, I'm injured, but I'm still here. Uh Yeah, okay, John, that's awesome, but you cut this promo, you made the crowd think you were leaving, the crowd in Chicago, a smart crowd, gave you a standing ovation, and now you're in the next month's main event or pay-per-view or whatever, over the limit with John Laurinaitis. Uh, sir, how bad does this make Brock Lesnar look? This guy's supposed to be legit, this guy's supposed to be the man, this guy's supposed to be UFC champ, former champ, you tell me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't get why you would bring somebody back, make all the hype about him, and then just have him lose his first match back at a pay-per-view. Um, Super Cena, which we despise, loathe, and hate all at the same time, and you know Mark Madden and Pyro from online onslaught might be the only people that really hate this type of John Cena, but I, I don't know what they were thinking. And you know now Cena, like you mentioned, is now in the next the next pay per view's main event or well a marquee match. I don't think it's going to be the main event. You have John Cena against John Laurinaitis, the Battle of Johns. I don't I don't know. I mean. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me um, as much as the other match that we had between you know CM Punk and Chris Jericho. Another guy that they brought back, and you thought that he was going to make a big impact. Ex- oh, he's made a big impact. He's made a big impact every time his head has hit the canvas for the one, two,
2: three. I mean, Chris Jericho's return to me. I love Jericho. I think he's one of the all-time greats. He's one of my top five. Not top five, you know, if I were to listing the greatest ever, but my favorite. He's up there. Um, I mean, this has just been a waste. I don't even know why he came back just to lose repeatedly to CM Punk, sir. But uh, going back to Brock real quick, you had a UFC champ, former tough guy, you know, a bad, shut your mouth, whatever you can think of. This guy is legit, a legit fighter. Legit brawler, you have an opportunity, a rare opportunity to bring somebody like that in. Fresh off being UFC champ, it's not like this is four or five years ago. No, this guy came in here with an aura. That aura was ruined on Sunday, but at least you could have salvaged it by saying, well, he broke uh, John's arm. Didn't break John's arm. Now, Brock couldn't beat John Cena with the, with the beating, he bloodied him up. He beat him like nobody has ever beat him before, and he still could not win. So now going into this month at Over the Limit, what's going to happen? Is Lord Tensei going to put him out for the count? Is John Laurinaitis going to pin him? Sir, this reeks of, of all types of bad. It, there's no way to fix this. The WWE had a great thing. They ruined it, which is what they always
1: do. What do you think? They further ruined it by Monday Night's promo to introduce... Awful. Yeah, I mean, basically you have Brock Lesnar come out with John Laurinaitis and talk about that contract. Triple H, the badass that he is, the big uh, tough guy that he is, he comes out and says, you know, tells Laura basically I'm going to void this contract, tells Brock this contract is null and void. And then Brock loses it and snaps and quote unquote breaks Triple H's arm. So he could break Triple H's arm, but he doesn't break John Cena's arm the night before.
2: I actually read that I think WWE is saying that it's not broken either, so I don't know what the point of this whole thing is. He's all about breaking arms, but not really. He's about almost breaking arms. I mean, the whole the whole situation, the whole scenario, the entire thing, as we have some craziness going on here in the studio, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me personally to sit there and say, John Cena could do this, he could do that, or you know, he can overcome all these odds. Why did you bring Brock in here? You rush him into a feud just so he can lose it.
1: It's stupid to me. So you have... Again, Brock Lesnar, who's lost his first match. You have Chris Jericho's lost his first two matches. Now that he's back, you know marquee matches that he's back from the WWE for uh, whatever return. So where where do we where do these guys stand now? I mean, like what well, can Brock's possibly- gone right
2: now, but I don't know what they can do with him. Who can he fight now? He couldn't beat Cena. Was he going to go fight uh, Randy Orton? He's going to fight. I mean, who's
1: he going to fight? Right. I mean, and then it gets even more comical, to be honest with you, sir. When, you know, the next the next pay-per-view is called Over the Limit, and you have a beat-the-clock challenge, and you have, I think, the first two people, you could have made a legit uh, reason for them to win the beat-the-clock. You had the Miz fight. He didn't beat the clock against, and then you had Randy Orton, another person that just ended his feud with Kane, and he's a potential matchup against CM Punk. But no, the person that is going to face CM Punk at Over the Limit is yes, 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 why, 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 Daniel Bryan? Well, I think it's gonna be a great
2: match from from that perspective.
1: But when I look at the
2: scenario, it, it, I know you're you're nuts and you're anal about the whole brand extension thing. I think the brand extension thing is done officially because when you have a SmackDown superstar challenging a Raw superstar for the Raw title, quote unquote. I mean, it shows me that there's just nothing, sir, nothing at all for me to say that there's any more brand extension. There's no point put them all, make them all super shows. Who cares? It's gonna be a great wrestling match. I don't. I mean, I'm guessing if the internet fans are gonna are gonna buy the pay per view, this is what they're selling it on. It's an off month pay per view. It's not a big pay per view, so they're trying to get some buys over the limit. Last year was the worst pay per view of the whole calendar year, and it was the worst bought. So I'm, I guess they're gonna try to figure the smarks. Well, guys like Pyro, you and me are gonna watch it. Um, but I mean, what else can they sell this pay per view on? They these guys have already fought a couple of times. And reading the SmackDown spoilers, I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan actually got another shot. At the, uh, you know, if you don't like spoilers, turn it off now. He had another shot at the world heavyweight title, and he lost. So how does that help him for his okay. title match against uh, against Punk at the pay-per-view?
1: Yeah, you're right, and uh, that's I guess that that's a good segue too because I was going to bring up the fact. All right, so the brand extension is no more, but they don't want to admit it. But tell me how Daniel Bryan. Losing to Sheamus was a good idea, okay, and then all of a sudden now he gets a title shot against the WWE champion, CM Punk. They have nothing else to do. Again, they're trying
2: to – I know we talk about their logic, their lack of logic. They're basically just trying to sell a pay-per-view to fans thinking that they'll watch it with no regard for any type of story or continuity because it makes negative sense. And I mean that as honestly as possible. It makes no sense whatsoever to have this guy go from losing the World Heavyweight Championship to now getting into a feud for the WWE title. I mean, it's idiotic. If anything, they should have Jericho go to SmackDown and challenge Sheamus. Just you know, they both lost the other title. You know, they, they couldn't win, so why not just switch shows? Uh, I'd like to see that because you have the built-in feud with the fact that Jericho was eliminated by Sheamus to win the when Sheamus won the Rumble a couple of months ago. But the truth is that they've got nothing. They've got nothing going on. There's no point of any of this, and it makes no sense. Again, Jericho has won zero. He's he's barely won any matches, and he hasn't won a single big match.
1: So to me, it's all a waste. You mentioned Sheamus too. There's another person. I mean, I hate to be so negative, but no, I don't. Oh, you love to well, be negative. We, we that's love all you to are be negative. That's all we do is is negative. That's that's the last 18 months has been about negative PG. I mean, look at Sheamus, a guy that was really popular that we thought could carry the company, is now a champion that nobody. There's no content. There's no people that want to fight for his title. There's nobody that is fighting for his title. So that to me makes no sense. I mean, you have Albert Del Rio. Remember, Albert, not Alberto. Your favorite Al- your favorite guy? My favorite heel of all time, Albert Del Rio fighting Sheamus now. And I, I guess, you know, Sheamus retains, but the, then what, I guess? Uh, I guess, I guess.
2: I mean, I, what can we say? You know, he's probably going to retain it. Again, if he can get into a feud with Jericho, it would be awesome, and that's the way that it should be. Um,
1: that's the only way that it should be. But, you know, we'll, I guess we'll have to see where that goes sir. What else on Monday Night Raw caught your attention? I mean, we have new tag team champions. Oh, who cares? <laughs> um,
2: the tag team division is a joke. I wish they would make something of it, but already they gave the, they gave the two brothers the tag title. I mean, who cares? Seriously. L- let's be honest. I mean, the, the Primo and Epico weren't doing anything. I went through this whole explanation. My wife was watching it with me to explain to her that Primo and Epigo were brothers and uh, cousins. And, you know, they're... Uh, Primo's father is a famous Puerto Rican wrestler, et cetera, et cetera. And then a minute later, they lose. And then my wife goes to tell me, you know, I've I noticed that wrestling is is more for white people. And she got into this whole this whole thing about how you know most of the athletes, most of the performers have all been you know Caucasian. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, there's not too many uh, black men in history who've really gotten over in wrestling in terms of the championships. I mean, Ron Simmons was the first, and then Damn. you you know, the Rock, who's part black, et cetera, et cetera, Booker T. But there's not too many. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting note. That lasted longer than the tag team title match, that that little conversation.
1: Right. So, again, Extreme Rules is over. They're building towards over the limit. I, I don't, serve who would, in their right mind, other than if you're getting paid, like busted open, like some other folks, why would you order a pay-per-view that features John Laurinaitis versus John Cena? Well, unless you're a John Laurinaitis fan, I don't see why you would.
2: I mean I don't even think a John Cena fan could be interested in this
1: in this view. It's pointless, right? So folks, we're going to take probably our final timeout of the evening. We'll come back, we'll talk about some PG nuggets and we'll take your calls again 714-364-4721. You're listening to Pure Gold. It is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012, and we'll be right back.
0: Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality. It's hard to define what I do, so I fit right in on the show that talks about anything and everything, Pure Gold Radio. Hi, guys. It's Alicia from WSU Wrestling. I want to make sure that you check out Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. You can hear guests just like me at puregoldpg.com.
1: We're back, folks. Wrapping the show up for this Wednesday night, May second, twenty twelve. Sir, I got some nuggets for you, and um, like to get your take on this. Shoot, <laughs> former Rutgers University. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Oh, you were saying? I thought that was a fireball. Uh Former Rutgers University coach, now Tampa Bay Buccaneer coach of the NFL. Graciano, you know, yeah, Graciano. That. I was wondering when you were gonna to get to the name. Do you know what he did today? I thought it was a crazy I, move. I
2: do know what he did. He uh, Eric Lagrange, who uh, was paralyzed unfortunately a couple of years ago in in a in a game, um he he was signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was essentially drafted. I'm not sure what he's gonna be doing with the organization, but uh Shiano who was his coach at Rockers, uh and interestingly enough, my daytime job, we actually did a job for uh, some friends of his who were doing a little tribute to him? Uh, but the shirt said something to the effect of "Believe." Uh, El, the you know, his his initials were capitalized, and and they were doing this this tough mudder run, and in honor of of uh, Eric and what he's gone through, and apparently he's going to be uh, inspirational. He's he's been an inspirational source to many people, and um, you know. A source of inspiration, and you know, I hope and pray that he does walk again one day, and he can he can beat the odds. I mean, the doctors told him he wasn't even going to be able to be able you know breathe on his own, and he beat that within uh, several weeks. So, you know, much uh, much respect to Shiano for keeping that. And he he mentioned that uh, you know he embodied the Buccaneer tradition, as it were.
1: I thought that was a really classy move too. And you know, again, we don't know these people. We what we see we hear about them on TV. We watch about them. You know, we watch them about on. <laughs> we watch about them we watch about them so i thought that was a really good move that was one of my nuggets and um all i have to say sir is this friday two days from now one of the movies one of the blockbusters but to me there's only one movie which we'll get to at the end of <laughs> the show there's uh, you know the avengers is coming out i mean uh, when are you going to go watch this movie wait a minute
2: sir wait a minute before before we we talk about this
0: now it's time for some entertainment talk here on pure gold
2: thank you era and as an extended part of our family, um, when am I going to watch it? I have no clue. With a six-month-old, with a with a wife, uh, it's going to be hard. You know, I keep getting invited to these uh, midnight showings of these movies, and you know, I'm not 20 years old anymore. Maybe Alex can do that kind of stuff. I, I can't do that. You know, I- I've got uh, I've got bills to pay. I've got mouths to feed. You know, I, I just unfortunately, I can't do that. Um, I'd like to go see it Friday, but I'm not sure. Possibly Saturday, a matinee show. I definitely want to see it this weekend. I read on IGN.com that it got some amazing reviews of four and a half stars out of five. The reader average was almost a 10. So you go tell me that this is going to be a, a damn good movie. I'm excited about it. And, you know, we talked about this with Hans, was fired, by the way. Uh, we talked about this, how this is a, a different niche than The Dark Knight Rises, because that movie is, is one character. This is a whole team, so there's there's a bit of a difference. But I think this is going to be a major hit, not like The Dark Knight, but it's definitely going to be up there, sir.
1: I mean, I, I want to watch this movie, too. But, again, I, I got two words for you, sir. Break it down. I'll give you my take after. Trailer number three.
2: Um,
1: you know what that means, right?
2: No, uh, y- I'm not, I'm not sure what you're, what you're talking about, sir. Well,
1: I think IGN, whatever website you gave me the they uh just released a Dark Knight Rises trailer number three, about two minutes of 20 seconds of pure goodness. I actually love the trailer. It, it shows an older, it shows a crippled Bruce Wayne. I believe
2: you said something about making a mess in your pants, uh, uh, taking a dump in your pants, peeing your pants. I forget what you text me, but uh, <laughs> you were saying?
1: I was saying that the trailer itself was great. I, I mean, it's I've, I've been looking forward to this, to this movie for the last year or so. So these trailers... Yeah, I'll be get,
2: honest, you've been looking forward to this movie since the minute <laughs> you finished watching The Dark Knight
1: the first time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but th- this movie will be... I mean, you're going to laugh at this, but this movie has the potential to beat The Dark Knight.
2: I'm, I'm, you know what? I was talking to Hans about this yesterday. I'm actually pretty convinced that... I thought the movie wasn't going to be that good. I thought there was no way you could top Originally, I thought there was no way to top Batman Begins. I was wrong. I I thought for years there was no way to top The Dark Knight, and I think I'm going to be wrong. This trailer is amazing. It's mind-blowing. I think it's going to beat all types of records. I think it's going to beat The Dark Knight sales-wise. Um, which will put it up there by the Titanic. Uh, I think it's going to be a great film. I'm interested to see the Selena Kyle uh, by Anne Hathaway because the way they show in the trailer, it looks like they have a close relationship. I, I kind of like that. It looks like uh, the the cop John Blake played by Joseph Gordon Levitt. I have my theories, but I believe that that is an alias. I do not believe that that is going to be his real name, and I think that he may play a role possibly a spinoff of some sort as uh, you know an Avenger of the Night with a wing. Uh, if you get what I'm saying, if you comic book <laughs> fans out there. I think that somehow he's going to end up being Nightwing, the same way that Miranda Tate is is not Miranda Tate, but she's uh, Talia Al Ghul. I believe that Dick Grayson is actually who John Blake is supposed to be portraying. So that would be interesting if they spun that off. And uh, Bane, now that he, you can understand what he says. It, it's amazing. The trailer actually blew my mind, sir. It was it was the best trailer I've ever seen.
1: You thought that was the you thought that was the best, obviously, trailer of the three.
2: The best trailer I've ever seen in my life. What did you not
1: understand about that? <laughs> Why was it the best trailer you've ever seen? It,
2: it was amazing. This movie is such anticipation, such hype, and they managed to make it even better with this trailer. They show you all these different things, all these different aspects. Kane, uh, Michael Caine is Batman, uh, as Batman is uh, Alfred. You have him, you have Bruce Wayne. You've got that whole thing. You've got Bruce, like you said, looking ragged. Morgan Freeman's in the trailer. You know, you've got the Batwing. It, it's just amazing. This is going to be the best movie ever. <laughs> This is gonna be the greatest work of cinematography of of uh, everything. It's gonna be the greatest movie ever made by human beings, and it'll never be topped. And after this movie comes, Hollywood is shut down, and because they're probably gonna remake Batman in three years, like they're doing with that horrible mess of Spider-Man. Yeah. And let let, let me <laughs> rant. Let's,
1: let's talk about let's talk about Spider-Man, and I think Alex want, right. want to chime in on, on let, it. Let, just, let, hold on a second, on Spider-Man. Let,
2: let me rant on that for a second because the whole idea of Spider-Man being remade ye- a couple of years after the last one. Come on.
1: Dude, I mean, Peter Parker not supposed to be this skinny little dude. In the comics, he's this really awesome guy who goes out and just breaks necks. You know, they're making him <laughs> seem like he's a little girl in those movies. I feel like remaking it would actually make it a lot better. From you, you realize know, that
2: people the actor you. Andrew Garfield is is probably as skinny as Tobey Maguire. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Alex Alex is upset. He just walked out of the out of the room. He's you know he's kicking stuff. Uh, you know, his point. It, when they made Peter Parker originally as a high school student, he was a kid. He was young. He was scrawny. Later on, he got a little bit more muscular. But to 2002, they made the original Spider-Man that we know. And now, ten years later, you're making another one. And not only that, but it's coming out the month before Batman began. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. I think it's going to get hosed in the in the box office. I think that they're going to they're, they're making a big mistake by releasing it right before Batman.
1: Why would you release on July 3rd? I mean, I think Batman had July 20th reserved for at least the last year and a half.
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's. It's actually coming out in June, by the way, but I don't think it's going to be a good thing. And it's a
1: month before it's
2: bad, bad idea. A bad idea. Horrible idea. Spider Man's going to suck, and Batman's going to be the greatest movie ever. That's all I have to say about that.
1: Do <laughs> you think there's any other movies uh, worth mentioning again without Hans since we fired him? G.I. Joe 2. Oh. That's, that's
2: going to be good. <laughs> and that's another movie. totally separate. It'll be exciting, it'll be interesting, so I'm really pumped about that. But the movie to see is The Dark Knight. It's going to be four movies this summer, the four that we just mentioned, and we, we've talked about this for the past three weeks. There's no, I don't care about any other movie, honestly. Me I'll, either. I want to see how bad Spider-Man's going to be, and I want to see how great The Dark Knight is going to be. That's right. Sir.
1: Another great show. The greatest Thanks. ever. I, 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 let me thank Alex for playing Minesweeper as we were doing <laughs> a serious and show.
2: Drawing pictures and doing all kinds of funny things here.
1: Uh, that. Kept the day going. The yeah, show going. It, it
2: definitely did. Uh, we definitely appreciate uh, Alex uh, behind the glass, uh, as it were. We'd like to thank Caitlin Wozniak, the incomparable Caitlin, Miss DC, U.S. International 2012. Thank you so much to her for coming on. And, of course, folks, make sure to tune in next week, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you folks – To always keep it PG.
0: What's the name of your shop? Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold.
2: Good night, everyone.